0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 17th, 2021. My name is Phil Cross, right? I'm an expert insight the site at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about team building. Um, there's some, uh, there are two topics of team building that I want to talk about. The first will be related to Aaron Gordon and his new contract extension with the Denver Nuggets. Why the Orlando Magic could not afford to pay that. Uh, I'm getting dragged a little bit on Twitter because I said could when they definitely could. Should is the more operative word, but I'll explain why. The, I, I think it was clear that the Magic could not afford to pay Aaron Gordon's new salary. Plus, why the Milwaukee Bucks are now the new model of team building and why this first step is still so critically important. We'll get to that, plus a few podcast announcements coming up here at the end of the show. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the land of magic with the True detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on, I, I don't know who, yeah, the Washington football team won their game last night. the I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's really not a lot going on. You want to talk about the Denver Nuggets, our good pals at Locked On Nuggets, have you covered there. What about the Milwaukee Bucks, Locked On Bucks, have you covered as well. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. to search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Don't forget, too, to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Fridays on Locked On NBA, Nick Engstad of Locked On Mavericks and Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets power ranked the week that was in the NBA. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get podcasts. Earlier this week, uh, the Denver Nuggets and Aaron Gordon rep- reportedly agreed to a four-year $94 million contract extension that will kick in after next season, so after the 2022 season. Um, this, or, sorry, four-year, $92 million, I added two extra million dollars. Um, there are some finer details to the contract. Apparently, there's a lot of incentives and that $92 million um, includes some of those incentives, many of them likely, but essentially, uh, there were two reactions that, uh, that I had uh, as a magic observer um, considering the... Uh, considering some of the struggles and trouble that Gordon had in his time with the Magic, the first is that yes, Aaron Gordon got his bag. Congratulations! I, 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 for one, am always happy when players get paid. Someone please sign James Ennis. Uh, please, someone sign James Ennis. Seriously, sign James Ennis. Uh, I, I, one of the things that I've kind of learned, you know, being on the ground and and being in the locker rooms with these players is just how human and how hard these guys work. And I think it's very easy when you focus mostly on the teams to kind of paint players as sometimes greedy because, yes, athletes are paid way more than they should be should be societally, but uh, you know our market economy says that they should get paid this much. And so I'm always happy to see players get as much as they can. So I'm very happy that Aaron Gordon was able to go from a four-year $76 million contract to a four-year $92 million contract. That is well-deserved and earned. The second thought that I had, though, was, man, I, the Magic would not have agreed to pay that. Um, actually, as it was being brought up and, and Nuggets fans were beginning to discuss uh, this, this, this deal, all the Nuggets people that I've seen have, have all universally agreed that this was a good deal for Denver. That Denver had to pay this. Uh, they could not afford to lose Aaron Gordon for nothing. They are in the championship window. They can't afford to let quality young players, like Aaron Gordon, who's still only 26 years old despite entering his eighth year in the league, by the way, Um, They could not afford to let someone like Aaron Gordon walk for nothing. They need him. Jeremy Grant was a key player to their 2020 run to the Western Conference Finals. Losing him hurt them last year, and they did not replace him until Aaron Gordon arrived. And obviously, Aaron Gordon was playing a very different role in Denver than he was in Orlando. Denver is willing to pay the uh, premium—overpay, certainly—to keep a player of Gordon's caliber in that role that they desperately need because— If they lose him, they would not be able to fill that role. In fact, they were somewhat lucky to to fill Gordon's role, uh, to fill that spot with Gordon after trading Gary Harris and R.J. Hampton. It cost them a lot to get Aaron Gordon. You know, Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a future first-round pick. That is that is not nothing. So Denver needed to make that that payment. My thought, though, is Orlando didn't, and as I told Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets, that you know, to me, this move is really about positioning themselves to win a championship. Um, And Denver was smart to make this move because A, in my opinion, they keep a high salary in case they need one for a trade. And B, Gordon fits that roster really, really well. We saw that in how he played before Jamal Murray's injury. For a middling team like Orlando, for a team that's kind of stuck in the middle of the Eastern Conference, paying that much for Aaron Gordon would not have been a good deal would have been almost a death knell. Um, and in fact, I, I think it's fair to say that Aaron Gordon pushing to get out of Orlando was probably the domino that tipped the Magic completely over and into a complete rebuild type of situation, into a complete rebuild. Um, that was a huge missing piece because if Orlando was going to try and stay competitive, they also could not lose Aaron Gordon for nothing. And in fact, you know, one of the things that I that constantly argued as the Magic were trying to build from the middle was that Aaron Gordon was really the key to the team's future. Not necessarily because of his development or, or how he improved on the court, but because he was ultimately the trade chip that the Magic would need to get the star to add to that roster to help them get out of the first round. I don't like you know saying this about people because these are all people too, and Aaron Gordon's a good person from, from everything that we understand. Um, I don't like saying this and reducing players or people to assets, but the reality of the NBA is that yes, players are assets. Players are moved. Players are traded. And the Magic's future depended on either Aaron Gordon becoming a star player, becoming a player that the team could center itself around, um, or the player, the, or the player the Magic would trade to get that player. You know, we talked a lot about you know when Russell Westbrook was available and the Magic were briefly considered favorites to acquire Russell Westbrook before he went to the Washington Wizards. That would have cost you Aaron Gordon. And whether that was worth the cost or not is a debate for another day, perhaps. But um, but to, to me, it certainly felt feels like Aaron Gordon was not netting that value. In fact, he only netted Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a future first-round pick, which in hindsight still feels like a pretty good haul, although certainly a risky one at that. The reality of the situation is... The more the more i thought about this, and, and and I you know I I definitely disagreed didn't agree wholly with the decision. Although I found it rational, I didn't find it so outlandish for the Magic to pull the plug in March. Um, there's still plenty of debate to be had about whether it was the right decision to restart, whether the Magic could have pushed through with Nikola Vucevic and whoever they added in the draft it might have been J- still Jalen Suggs. Um, Whether they could have pushed through with Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, and Nikola Vucevic, and still contended for the playoffs and built from the middle like the plan was all along. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've kind of looked, you know, the more I've I've been just kind of replaying it in my mind, it's it's pretty clear that the dominoes were already in place. The Magic weren't re-signing Evan Fournier, because along those same lines, if the Magic were to retain that core group, a, they'd have to believe that they'd still be able to make the playoffs every year, which, not a guarantee, for sure. Certainly, the Magic had a disastrous season in 2021 that kind of proved that they were always on the knife's edge, which you know, I, I know I certainly said as well about this group, that you know they could easily have a 25-win season just as easily as they could win 45. It was such a wide range. You just didn't know what you would get. Um, and obviously, injuries played a huge role in that. The question then became... If you're losing Evan Fournier, what do you replace him with? Because you don't have the shooting. So if the Magic wanted to stay competitive, they almost had to re-sign Evan Fournier. Just like if they wanted to stay competitive, maybe, maybe they could have gotten away with giving up Aaron Gordon because they had Jonathan Isaac, but you almost have to re-sign all those players. And if you're re-signing all those players, and Nikola Vucevic at 31 is starting to exit his prime, if you decide to re-sign all those players, what do you really have? At the end of the day, you know, people complain about the treadmill of mediocrity, and you know, we've seen a sea change a little bit in the league where teams are more willing to build from the middle, and they don't view tanking as, um, and they don't view tanking as necessarily the, the the way forward. But people complain about that. Um, you know, I I say it on this podcast all along you're not stuck until you don't have a way forward. And, and if I'm going to hold to that philosophy, then I have to acknowledge that retaining Aaron Gordon, signing Aaron Gordon to this kind of a deal, or re-signing Evan Fournier, or maintaining that, that core and chalking up this year to one bad year, that that isn't a way forward. Granted, the Magic would still have a very high lottery pick, and I, I, I would, you know... I think I, I'm more in favor of the growth from the middle type of type of uh, mode. I, I don't think tanking is a viable strategy long term. Um, I don't want to see the team outright tanking. I think they'll they'll struggle to win because they're young, but I don't want them to be trying to manipulate games early in the season. I I, I want to talk about the playoffs right now. I want to talk like the playoffs are a possibility because uh, honestly, I think if everything goes right, if Jalen Suggs is as good as we think he can be, if Jonathan Isaac's healthy, if Markel Fultz is healthy. It's the Eastern Conference. Why can't we talk about the playoffs? And honestly, finishing twelfth, finishing eleventh, just outside the play-in tournament, that would be—I would be ecstatic for that kind of a season. Because at the end of the day, this is still about wins and losses. But we'll have that debate another day. For me, I would have liked to see Jalen Suggs play alongside Nikola Vucevic and see if that team could go, could 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 take some steps forward. But then again, at the end of the day, the at the end of the day, the the Magic weren't going anywhere. And doubling down on new contracts, four-year deal for Evan Forney, the deal that he got with the Knicks, or uh, a deal that the Magic got, or if the Magic would have given this extension to Aaron Gordon, on top of everything else, would have further limited the Magic, would have further prevented them from taking that next step forward. Yes, they would have had an influx of talent with Jalen Sucks, but how... Far would that have gotten them? At the end of the day, they'd have to make these kinds of moves anyway. To me, what they did in March was ripping off the Band-Aid. And the more I think about it, the more I've come to accept and come to agree that it was a necessary thing for the Magic to do. If the Magic had kept all these players, they would have again, year after year after year, been spending the mid-level exception to try and keep afloat a struggling team. A team that is in the middle of the Eastern Conference, if that. Just fighting for playoff scraps. Without the necessarily superstar player it would take to to move forward. This is literally what the Magic did during the Tracy McGrady era when they had Grand Hill's contract kind of hanging over their head. A seven-year deal that they, you know, could not really see the end of. And eventually, Tracy McGrady kind of abandoned. Which, again, good, I mean, fair point on him. Magic struggled to build a winning team around him. They cycled through centers. They've they failed on draft after draft after draft. They, they, they were, kept working the mid-level exception well enough to stay afloat until they didn't. That's not a way to build. That's not a way to build a sustained winner. And at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a team that we believe can win every single year. That's not to say what the Magic did does not come with caveats, with, with potential downfalls. That's not to say that the Magic are assured success. But I think they're on a better path, and we're going to talk about how their path looks very similar to the paths of championship-level teams from last year in this new NBA coming up in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar. Built Bar comes in so many delicious flavors. There's literally something for everyone. You want a fruity flavor like raspberry? They got that. You want a sweet flavor like salted caramel? They got that. You want... a Dessert flavor, like German chocolate, they got that. And I can tell you, I've tried all three of those flavors. I don't even like raspberry. I love their raspberry. I love these flavors. They taste exactly like what they say on the box, which is never guaranteed with protein bars, frankly. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So all the gold medals are powered by Built Bar. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Taste podcast, also brought to you by our pals at Sweat Block. Look, it's Florida. Even though it is mid September, it is still toasty outside. Somewhere, you know, I think the temperature is still in the 90s most days here. Um, and you need the protection so that you can just be outside just for a little bit. Sweatblock is the antiperspirant wipe that you should use. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but literally you only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps you dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. No more worrying about showing up to work completely drenched. If you are someone, or if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out SweatBlock. Go, get it today for twenty percent off at SweatBlock.com with promo code LockedOn, or at Amazon, where it is currently the number one in the antiperspirant category on Amazon, or at CVS, where I'm sure it's also doing very very well. Remember today, you can get it today for twenty percent off at SweatBlock.com with promo code LockedOn. <coughs> You know, one thing that I have been thinking a lot about this offseason, and I think this is a good place to kind of turn is, as we get closer and closer to the beginning of training camp. We're just a week and a half away at this point to training camp. Um, team building has been a really big topic. Um, obviously, you, you look at this Magic team, and and it's a blank slate. And, and you do rarely get opportunities to just to start from scratch almost. Um, there aren't, you know, the only kind of major salaries on the team are Jonathan Isaac starting a four year contract extension at around $17 million a year. So, not a huge salary by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and, and Marco Fultz starting a three year contract at around $15 to $16 million per year. Um, and again, his contract's really a two year contract with a team option on the third. So, it's the Magic really do have, you know, and then obviously the rookie contracts of uh, J- Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. Um, but the Magic really do have just kind of this fresh slate. Um, you know, we're expecting them to have a ton of cap room. They'll be one of the few teams with cap room next off season. And while we don't expect them to spend it, that gives them a lot of flexibility to continue adding assets and continue to to build themselves up. Um, obviously, like, my position on, on these things are, are very clear. You know, I, I think that the Magic should be looking for ways to improve their roster and looking for ways to continue to get better. I don't think that this season's a wasted season. I think this season is vital to setting the foundation and, and the 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 fundamentals of who they want to be. They have to set their identity this season and really show the kind of team they want to be. Um, probably next week, we'll go over what my goals are for the Magic this, this season. Um, and, you know, they very much are about looking toward the final product, the finished product. What does this team look like when it's contending and hopefully contending for championships? I think one of the flaws of the Rob Hennigan rebuild was... The Oklahoma City model, and again, this is nothing against Oklahoma City so much or St. Presti, but the Oklahoma City model has very clearly been about let's gather as many assets as we can and figure things out. Personally, they have a really good player in Shea Gildas-Alexander. I'd be looking for ways, yes, to continue collecting assets where you can perhaps, but I'd be thinking about building around him. A lot of people think that he is a potential all-star in this league, and right now I don't think the Thunder are treating him like that. Um, and I think that's ultimately going to alienate him and ultimately leave him to lead him to leaving at, at some point. Um, he's a really good player, and he's not in an environment where he can put that on full display. I think that's a mistake that the Magic have to avoid. Uh, I do think the Magic need to be growing toward a final product. And, and to me, what this season is really about is figuring out what that final product looks like. At the end of the day, though, um, and I truly believe this too, at the end of the day, though, you go as far as your best player can take you. Um, You know, you watch, you know, the NBA playoffs, the the finals, are all about individual brilliance. Um, By that stage of the playoffs, and by any stage of the playoffs, really, teams know exactly what you're running. They know exactly how to beat you. They know exactly how to defend you. They know exactly what's coming. And the only thing that changes is that you have a player that can beat even a defense that knows what's coming. Kevin Durant can beat whatever defense throw, is thrown at him. Kyrie Irving, or Kevin Durant, uh, uh, sorry, LeBron James can beat whatever's thrown at him. Giannis Antetokounmpo struggled with the wall for a little while, and then he beat it. Uh, teams that, I mean, the Magic knew how to form that wall, and they did it as good as they could, but he he beat it. The Miami Heat were really good at limiting him and keeping him uh, out of the wall, uh, keeping him walled up and keeping him on the perimeter. He beat it. Scored 50 points in a closeout game in the NBA Finals. That's just not something that happens regularly. Um, he's really good. He's really, really good, guys. Uh, and and you have to have those players. You have to have those elite-level players if you're going to compete at the highest levels, at the the, the peak of this game. And certainly, the Magic are sitting here hoping they have one of those guys. The Magic are certainly sitting here hoping that Jalen Suggs can be that central star. And to me, one of the mistakes of the previous rebuild again was 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 about asset collection and not about team building. Jacques Vaughn, you know, I, and I think he learned his lesson. I think he's a better coach now than he was then. Was there to babysit? Was there to make sure the young guys got got encouraged, stayed positive, and kept pl- and kept playing? But he didn't really carve out uh, an identity for that team, and you know, as I think Victor Oladipo said it after he left Orlando, it felt like everyone was trying to beat each other. It was was eating each other up. The Magic had some really good players on that team. Nikola Vucevic was an All Star. Victor Oladipo was an All Star. Tobias Harris nearly an All Star. The Magic had really good players on those rebuild teams. They were extremely talented. What they didn't have was direction. What they didn't have was an understanding of the pecking order, of whose team that was. And so I think there was, you know, not like overt, hostile infighting, but on the court, everyone was trying to get their own. And that's still a huge risk for this Magic team with all the young players they have. You can't really begin building until you identify that first player, that that star player, that first player. And you look at the teams that were successful, the kind of kind of teams that the Magic are hoping to model themselves after, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Atlanta to some extent, New York. You look at those teams, and they all identified their star and looked for ways to accentuate them. The Bucks drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo. Once they understood that he was their best player, that he was the player they should invest in, they began searching for shooters. They grabbed Chris Middleton into trade. They kept fi- they, they turned Brook Lopez into a three-point shooting center. They, they kept finding shooters so that Giannis would be the guy... Driving into the lane, into the paint, kicking it out to shooters, and teams had to decide who was going to beat them. They hired a coach in Mike Budenholzer, who revolutionized three-point shooting in this league in a lot of ways, um, with with what he did with the Atlanta Hawks. Everything was built, everything was made to accentuate and make Giannis better. Trey Young, much the same way. Trey Young, they understood they had a star, so what did they do? They surrounded him with shooting. They added players that would benefit from him and help Trey Young. Clint Capella, most underrated move that the Hawks made. They, they made a lot of big moves and, and made big moves to, to kind of stake their claim. But honestly, it was adding Clint Capella and adding a defensive presence and a big lob threat with Trey Young, a, a great screener. It really opened that team up tremendously. And I don't think enough people talk about what that move did for the Hawks and what that move did overall for the team. You look at the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, you know, they identified him as a star and they had a couple false starts. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. Phoenix was not a straight path, but everything they built was about their star. And when they, again, just like Atlanta, when they felt it was time, Hey, we need to win. We're ready to win. They went out and got their, their player. They went out and got their guy. Milwaukee, again, just kept adding guys that made Giannis better. And so any rebuild has to begin, any team-building exercise in this league has to begin with identifying who you're building around. Whose skills are you trying to accentuate? Whose players' flaws are you trying to hide? Or or not necessarily hide, but cover in some way. Like, that's that's team-building. And so this year, this season coming up for the Magic is is the very first step of that. You know, this is not the roster the Magic are going to have. Like, look, I like a lot of the young players on this Magic team. But I think we're going to learn this year which players fit with this vision for the future and which players no longer do or which players are expendable. There might be some popular players listed in that group, to be perfectly frank. Because everyone loves these guys, and I I love all these guys. They're great people, and I think all of them are. You know, I think a lot of those young guys, and I think this is really what's fascinating about this team this year. A lot of those guys have have potential to be on rotations, to be in NBA rotations. These are not just toss away, throw away guys. I really do like a lot of the players on the Magic. I know sometimes you know. If I, if I point out a weakness, it's not because I dislike a player. I do like a lot of these guys, but the question then becomes, how does it fit into the bigger picture? And we can't ever lose sight of that bigger picture. I want to I, I, I do want that known. We talk about the playoffs because that's the goal. That's step two or three on this process. You know, next step is winning a playoff series. The next step after that's winning a championship. You can't ever lose sight of that. Of what that ultimate goal is, of what the end destination is. The journey matters. Don't get me wrong, and you can't skip steps on the process. But you have to get these. You have to have a, a vision for what the end product is, and that's again what this season is going to be about. What those contending teams did is, yes, they got really good players. That's that's ultimately what matters. But they made those really good players better but the moves and the decisions they made. And so as Orlando begins to start this rebuilding process, as Orlando begins to kind of take this next step, as they begin to take this next step, they they have to find their guy and start building around him. Is that Jalen Suggs? I, I think it very well might be. We'll find out. We'll find out a lot this year. Whether the Magic need one more guy or whether they need or whether they can begin really truly building around Jalen Suggs. It might be Jonathan Isaac. The possibilities are still pretty endless and pretty, pretty numerous for where the Magic go next. But undoubtedly, Orlando has to take this important first step and find their player. Find their star. Find the guy they will build around, if they're going to be successful. That's what every championship team does, whether it's LeBron, whether it's Giannis, whether it's Trey, whether it's Booker. No matter who it is, they find a star and they build around them, and that's really step one of the process. A step the Magic never did under Rob Hennigan because they just they didn't have one, and they didn't grow or develop one. I've got a few side announcements. I've got to, I've got a few podcast announcements uh, I've got to make before. Uh, We get to the end of the show and the end of the week, um, but we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? They're really only choosing the brands their warehouse happens to carry. If they don't have it, they don't have it. Well, guess what? You have the warehouse in your your pocket with access to rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at BetOnline. Football is back and better than ever at BetOnline. BetOnline, your number one sport spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website and use your mobile device. Sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. up on the beginning of a new season. Trading Camp is a week from Tuesday, media day, a week from Monday. We got a lot to get to before then, a lot to do before then as well. But um I, I want to share some exciting news uh coming up for the podcast. Uh, next week we are, uh, I'm hoping to do like an over-under segment. Um, so I'll, I'll post some over-unders on Twitter at omagicdaily. Oh get your Get your responses to a couple questions. We'll we'll discuss some some interesting, perhaps over under some real bets, some fake bets, uh, as we get closer and closer to the season. We'll be starting player outlooks. They've already begun on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We'll start going over some of them. We've gone over a few here on the pod already, but we'll begin going over individual players as well next week. But more exciting than that, you're officially coming to YouTube. You've probably seen some of the lockdown podcasts heading to YouTube. The Lockdown Magic YouTube channel is officially going live on Monday. I'm planning my first episode to be Monday. It'll probably be posted Sunday night-ish, um, uh, and and then and, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. So uh, if you are interested in watching me on YouTube now, you can search for Lockdown Magic and subscribe already. If not, um, I'll I'll be sharing the links as well on Monday with our normal with our normal kind of link chain. Uh, that I do on Twitter as well as on Facebook as well. So you can there will be multiple ways to follow me on uh, follow me on social media, multiple ways to follow the show as well. You can always subscribe to the show, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalai, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the other places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at MD, And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked On.